The Marlins take the series against the Dodgers, but at what cost? Sandy Alcantara and Hoy Soler to the IL. How are the Marlins going to arrange and align their pitching moving forwards? Oh boy, this could be interesting. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, of course, hit subscribe. It's your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. It might not be your first listen, though. You may have just joined me on the spaces. A lot of discourse going on on the spaces. It wasn't even my spaces specifically. It was hosted by my good friend, Dave Shaw, UK Phillies. But it was good good to talk. Got me thinking of a few topics for this episode. Um, but nevertheless, I lose my trail of thought already. Just one minute in. <laughs> there is a YouTube channel, guys. Head on over there. Hit subscribe. Um, we're over a 1,000 subscribers now. You know what that means. If you know, you know. Nevertheless, uh, join the conversation over there, particularly in the comments section on YouTube. Always a lot of fun. Um, guys, it's the Friday episode of Locked On Marlins. Firstly, this episode is sponsored by Bird Dogs. You can go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. Um, guys, there's, there's a series win to reflect on. There's a series on deck with the fills to look ahead to. This is a crucial period for the Marlins. The Diamondbacks have just beaten the Cubs. It's all happening. Um, the Marlins are absolutely in the wildcard hunt, clearly. And really, this week, you know, a week on the road against the Phils and the Brewers, two teams that, listen, are good teams this year by their records anyway. You know, on the road against good teams, boy, oh boy, the Marlins, it's not really been their spot to perform, to be honest with you, this season. They've played well at home. They've beat up on poor teams. But on the road against good teams, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. And I'm particularly nervous because, you know, you lose Jorge Soler. I, I think, and personally, I think Jorge Soler, you know, the Marlins can manage without Jorge Soler the rest of the way. The reason being is because they had a really impressive deadline and added a couple of power sticks. And Jesus Sanchez and Brian De La Cruz also, you know, showing signs of September life. And Jazz Chisholm equally new stance, uh, new hitter. So they can manage that Jorge Soler situation better. The Sandy Alcantara situation is, to be honest with you, could well fully derail this Marlins season. And the reason being, and this is what we got into on the Spaces conversation that just happened right now, was, you know, just Sandy's innings, the ability to, to just deliver the body of work, the innings, the length, all of these descriptions that alleviates the pressure on the rest of the rotation and the bullpen. All of a sudden, you know, how do the Marlins handle this game on Sunday? That's where the conversation got to. And it sounds like it, it's probably going to be some sort of bullpen game after the fact that you're going to have Yuri Perez going in game one. So that's 90 pitches max. So that's kind of five, six innings. You then got Johnny Cueto. That's going to be five earned runs through five innings, probably. So that's another four innings of bullpen work and then a bullpen game. No off day, I don't believe, into the Brewers either. So, you know... This Sandy Alcantara injury, it's having short-term impact. 
it'll probably have midterm impact. And we pray that there's going to be no major long-term impact. And what I mean by that is, you know, let's, we don't know, we haven't got the full details at this point, but, you know, clearly with any kind of arm flexor, you know, any of these types of muscle injuries that look like a strain, but need more, you know, need more investigation, you know, it could become even more serious with like a Tommy John type requirement down the line, which would then put Sandy out for the whole of 2024. So I don't want to take us into that dark place in this episode. There's no reason to take us into that dark place because fundamentally the Marlins have just won a series against the Dodgers. The, one of the hottest teams in baseball, um, you know, they're number two seed in, in the NL. Like they're a good team. They're dealing with their own issues right now off the field, on the field, tons of things going on with, with the Dodgers, but you know, the Marlins won that series. And again, it's a good team. And the Marlins played well at home. They've played well at home all year. On the road, less so. And that's kind of what you'd expect to see. But I mean, I am impressed with the way the Marlins have been able to perform at home. But listen, it fundamentally came down to this nine-inning uh, run. Nine-inning? Nine-run inning. Boy, oh boy, what am I talking about? This nine-run inning against the Dodgers where it's been, you know, it's one of the best innings I've ever seen of baseball the Marlins have ever played started and the catalyst to it all was Jacob Stallings getting a stand-up double great to see but also Jacob Stallings the, uh, in the second time um I think in that inning he ends up dropping down a bunt Jacob Stallings dropping the bunt baby it's an unbelievable scene so you've got you know everything going right for the Marlins in that inning and it, it incorporated you know a, a Jesus Sanchez bomb it incorporated a Jazz Chisholm Jr. bomb like a nine inning Nine inning. God, I've said it again. Nine run inning was just, you know, wild to see. And, you know, that's the type of thing that we haven't seen much from the Marlins in the after the All-Star break is these kind of like big, big innings where they really piece it together. You know, there was a lot of zeros and a lot of ones, but not many kind of crooked numbers, as they say. Um, I mean, a nine is the most crooked of numbers in many ways. So, uh, you know, impressive win and impressive series win. Um, they came back down to earth yesterday. In the in the finale, unfortunately, kind of Braxy, it wasn't like the Braxy we've seen. It, we ran into some trouble, like in multiple innings, just you know, couldn't even get through four. The Marlins were still in the game though at that point. However, then things kind of took a turn for the worse. And when we look back at that game, the main highlight really, uh, you know, the, the Dodgers had a perfecto going, you know, relatively deep into the game. But the main highlight will be the ball boy mistakenly jumping on the field down on the right field line, thinking it was a foul ball. It wasn't. It was a fair ball. And he jumps onto the field, uh, fields it pretty well and effectively launches it into the stands uh, and was looking pretty happy with himself. As then Jesus Sanchez kind of trots into the shot, the camera shot. And just stands there, just totally flabbergasted at what's going on. It was like one of the, you know, iconic moments, maybe. Uh, we have had reports, I believe, from Andy Slater reporting that um, the, he, the ball boy remains with the club and within the organization still. So I think, you know, a little bit more training uh, for him, you know, but it sounds like he, he still has his job. So that's good to see. That's good to hear. But, you know, overall, you know, you, you know, you, you got to look at this Dodgers series and think, a series win against the Dodgers, you have to take that. Many before the series would have thought, listen, Kershaw's going, that's going to be tough, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So to walk out winning that series, you know, irrespective of that final game, it didn't go well. But we got to see Devin Smelter back up again, right? And I think that's another interesting wrinkle here uh, with the Marlins the rest of the way, where you're going to have just this rotational arm that's going to keep coming up. And when it's required, you throw three and a bit innings, 
and you DFA'd. And then the next guy comes up, throws three, DFA'd. Unfortunately, that's the kind of cycle of arms the Marlins have got at this point um, because, you know, they're trying to keep Brian Hoeing and they're trying to keep George Soriano as guys that can deliver like valuable long innings, but not guys that are there just to kind of wear it, if that makes sense. So, you know, the, the Yamamoto role as, uh, as I think it's almost been kind of famed recently. So, you know, that's going to be another interesting wrinkle here for the fish. But as I mentioned on, uh, on the pods, you know, the emergency pods, like the Marlins have just run out of arms. They've run out of arms big time. They have just no starting pitch in depth. Um, they didn't really have any starting pitch in depth and, you know, and then even Sandy's gone down. So, They've got Yuri Perez on a on a pitch count on a limings uh, on a limings an innings limit. I can't even speak. I haven't had any beers, by the way. So I have to call that out. But you know they're trying to manage this whole situation, and it's it's becoming a really tricky one for Skip to manage. Um, and they've just you know they're running out of arms. So that's going to be the key thing to this whole the rest of the way is just how can they get these innings, these meaningful innings um, done, and how does Skip's bullpen management change? Like how quickly it felt like do you remember early in the season where like if they were like loosely close to a game then the leverage relievers would be in there and actually the Marlins would find a way to turn it around the seventh the eighth or the ninth I get the sense that the white flag will be coming out a lot earlier from Skip Schumacher in games with like you know return protect arms and protect and save save arms for the uh, for the right times rather than putting them in hopeful innings that the Marlins offense can kind of spin it around. Is that the right way? It probably is at this point. But, you know, that was one of the really good things that the Marlins did earlier in the year. The fact that Skip was so aggressive with his bullpen management, got his best guys out there. When maybe the game looked to be slipping away, then all of a sudden the offense, it found a way to get some wins. That was kind of a big catalyst to the Marlins doing so well in, in the in the kind of first half and early part of the year. Um, and unfortunately, I think the way things have gone, the depth, the challenges they're facing into with kind of starting pitching, length, bullpen management, like I fear those days may be gone. And so like if the game looks to be kind of like slipping away in the fifth or sixth, you're probably not going to get your best guys out there and thus they may end up tacking on a few more and uh, things could get even more out of hand. Who knows? Um, first out of the day, guys, um, and it's our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Uh, we need to talk about those, but we also need the sexy new graphics up as well. So let's get that sexed up. There we go. Um, guys, Bird Dogs, let's talk about it. We've, I mean, we've spoken about them plenty. Um, and listen, it's been boiling hot here in the UK as well, I must say. Um, so, you know, from a, a Bird Dogs perspective, you are looking for extreme comfort at this point. But while you're looking for comfort, you've got to look good. You've got to look sexy. And listen, Bird Dogs... Stretch khaki shorts, they are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that sculpted look, baby. Those those shorts, they do the exact same thing as the Lululemons. Is that the right way to pronounce that? I think it is. But they fit way better. It's better than that stiff, restricting cotton and those regular shorts, shorts that you get. No, no, no. No good. Bird dogs, the best thing is, this is what I think anyway, because the modern day man, we roll from thing to thing. As a dad as well, I roll from thing to thing. I'm like, one uh, one point I'm on the tennis court. Next thing is I'm picking the kids up from school. Next thing is I'm having a beer with one of the dads. You know, it's just you move occasion to occasion. Um, but that's the beauty of these bird dogs shorts. They are uber functional for basically any occasion. The golf course, dates, evening out, pool, workout, you know, you name it. They've got you absolutely covered. So all you have to do is get yourselves onto uh, birddogs.com 
slash MLB or enter the promo code LockdownMLB at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your offer. That's birddogs.com, locked on, birddogs.com slash MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. All right, guys, thanks for joining me, Peter Pratt, uh, here on Friday's episode of Locked On Marlins. The Marlins won the series against the Dodgers, but it was without, was not without collateral damage, unfortunately, with Sandy and Soler uh, going down. The Philly series on deck, and boy, oh boy, this is going to be an interesting one. Interesting for a few reasons. Um, the Phils, uh, equally, like, they look, they have a good, nice cushion in the wildcard spots right now, clearly. They've got a bit of a tricky schedule coming up right now. So I do wonder, like, all of a sudden, if they lose this series and then they have to go and face the Braves and they then got another series in close proximity to that against the Braves, like, the Phillies the Phillies have... There is a chance where they could just, like, walk into a tricky spot and go cold at exactly the wrong time. Not to say I expect that to happen and not to say I expect them to miss the postseason, but... I don't think the Phillies are truly, truly safe. And so if they go cold all of a sudden, we'll see. What I would say, Yuri Perez going this evening, um, Yuri Perez has just been, like, since he's come back, he's delivered some of his best performances of the year. Um, I must say that. The other thing I have to call out is his main kryptonite is the is the home run ball. Um, I have got the popcorn ready for Carl Schwarber versus Yuri Perez because that could go... Well, one of two ways. You know, all Schwarber's at bats go one of two ways. It's either a strikeout or a home run. So we'll see which one it is. Um, but you know, for me, if Yuri Perez can obviously stay away from that long ball, and there's a lot of guys in in that lineup that can do some damage, clearly, then you know the, he'll give the Marlins a really good chance to to win that game. I think it's critical the Marlins take the first one. I think the next two look a little bit dicey, frankly. Um, we spoke a lot on the spaces about Johnny Cueto. Um, so do go back and listen to it. A lot of people talking about Cueto. Now, fundamentally, we all thought he was cooked. Um, since he's been back, he's performed to an adequate level. And an adequate level means it's like a four to five ERA, you know, type of dude. You know, he's given up four or five runs. Like if the Marlins are going to win a game with Johnny Cueto going, they need to score six or more effectively. Like that's really what we've seen. So the offense needs to play well in game two. It's against Aranola. Um, it's fair to say Aranola, similar kind of, you know, from a a role perspective, he plays a similar role to Sandy Alcantara within that Phillies rotation where they're looking for him to go deep, really deep into games. Um, but, you know, with Nola as well, he has a long ball problem. He's got he's got a few problems this year. And so, you know, let's not forget as well, Luis Arias had the cycle against Aranola earlier back in the year. So game one, crucial. Game two, I think, is interesting. And then game three with the bullpen, just who knows? You never know with those bullpen games. And on a Sunday, on a day game and a bullpen game, like you never quite know how that's going to go. Every time you look at it and go, ah, man, the Phillies are going to take that one. But baseball is weird. It's always weird. And it wouldn't shock me if the Marlins end up losing the first two and then take a bullpen game. And, you know, you just roll on from that. But this is going to be a tough ask. And it's going to be interesting just to see how this rotation of bullpen can start to just gel. And like I've already mentioned, how Skip tries to manage this whole thing. Because without the work or Sandy, you know, you do just have your concerns that there may be this, this rotation and that just the pitching staff in general could just fully fracture and fall apart. The interesting bit is going to be 
how they mix and match the rotation. I I felt that the plan was going to be to go to a six-man rotation with Eddie Cabrera coming back up and then just cycle around everyone, um, you know, in and around Sandy, maybe going every every fifth day. So Eddie Cabrera obviously came out of the bullpen in game two um, and looked great. Frankly, looked great. He went, what, four innings um, in that one and looked great. But right now, the way the Marlins have this need, like that's going to be Eddie back into a rotation. The interesting question for me is whether they go still with like an opener into Eddie Cabrera. They went like really ultra, ultra non-conventional with their approach to that. They had three openers, if you want to look at it that way. Um, so I guess this is going to be the question is, does, does Cabrera slide back into a traditional rotation spot and actually start the game? Does he give starter, is, does he have a starter's pitch count? but maybe has an opener going before him. Chagua seems to have kind of like taken up that role. So that's going to be interesting. Or do they stick with it as is and kind of go like bullpen, but with Cabrera taking four innings at the right kind of lane, if that's the right description or how people phrase these things these days. I don't know, but it's a crucial series. It really is. And it's definitely not a series where the Marlins can kind of roll in, feel sorry for themselves because they've lost Sandy and they've lost Soler. Like, the team needs to roll in and like be ready to scrap it out with the Phils. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. The Phils have been playing, you know, some decent ball. Like they're clearly, you know, in the wild card one spot, but they know what's coming for them too in terms of the series they've got to play. And so, you know, they'll be up for it. We always have the JT Riamuto revenge, which continues uh, as we go. And I believe just as I was about to hit record on this and at the back end of the spaces, um, that there's some news regarding. Sixto Sanchez. So I'm going to try and find that shortly. And uh, but before we do that, we'll we'll cover our next stand. Yeah, here we go. Sixto Sanchez, according to Jordan McPherson of the Herald, Sixto Sanchez will join Double A Pensacola on the road. He was scheduled for a bullpen tomorrow. Progress is what Jordan has put down. I don't know what that means. He's joining them on the road to go and pitch in a game for Pensacola. Maybe. I mean, that would be a big, big step forward for the Marlins. Big step forward. Not sure if that's exactly what's happening. Maybe he's just joining a bit like Sandy on the road with his club, just like, you know, as a cheerleader, effectively. But anyway, I've gone off topic there. Um, let's get into our final ad, uh, and then we'll kind of wrap things up here on a Friday. feels like I've been speaking a lot, mainly because I did an hour-long space um, before we actually did this. But um, this episode is also brought to you by our friends over at, and wait for it, FanDuel, baby. And I bet everyone was absolutely hammering FanDuel yesterday because you can get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers, not just new, all customers can bet $5 and get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. What a stunning offer. Seen a few people on uh, Twitter yesterday trying to work out how do I get this YouTube and YouTube TV for NFL Sunday ticket? Here's how. Bet $5 with FanDuel. Get up to $100 off. Um, now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap things up here pretty shortly here um, because I think we've covered the key points um, on Friday's episode. Big three-game series here for the Fish. Big test for the Marlins. 
staff and bullpen. Big test for Skip Schumacher in terms of managing everything. I think the Marlins can handle losing Hoy Soler. I think they have still have the firepower in the lineup to handle that. Interested to see what kind of a series Josh Bell has. Dave Shaw from UK Phillies on the space is calling out that uh, Josh Bell has been a Phillies killer over the years. So hopefully we get more of that. Luis Arise obviously has good vibes against the Phils, having had the cycle against them. Um, so we'll see um, how it goes. But for the Marlins, I think there is a pathway to them sneak in this series. I think it will be a sneak if they do it. It may be done in an unconventional way. Um, looks like I've seen the lineup is out. Jazz is a lefty going. Jazz is in that seven spot again against the lefty. Jesus Sanchez not on the lineup. I did see, um, I believe, maybe Garrett Hampson playing uh, in, in right field. Um, no Xavier Edwards today as well um, with his lefty going. So, you know, lefty on the mound. Last time the Marlins faced the lefty, things went well. Let's hope they can do the same and get the dub. There's going to be an episode tomorrow, though, guys. We're going to have a Saturday episode because... Um, Really, there should have been a Friday episode with the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett. Unfortunately, uh, we had a misalignment on the time, which is my fault. But going to bring the UK GOAT on and have a bonus Saturday episode. Recap and newly press start, equally looking ahead to the rest of the series, plus just other general topics, because we haven't had the UK GOAT for almost two weeks. So we have to make it happen. Thanks for joining me and making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekends. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.